I'm very excited about today's interview because I've been talking off and on about DNA damage. You know, a lot of people don't realize that our DNA is very fragile and we are constantly uh, damaging our DNA by things that we do. But the body is, uh, all the things we do to just run the body, the metabolism of the body is also damaging our DNA. So DNA damage is, is the norm. And fortunately, the body has a lot of repair mechanisms. It, uh, it can repair the DNA damage. And um, there's so all the good things that we do uh, are helping repair that. Now, my guest is Natalie Jill, and she has a whole new insight, I think, into a way to repair DNA damage. So it's that's what we're really going to be talking about, not really anymore about DNA damage. We're going to talk about repairing it. And Natalie, thank you so much for joining. I know you have a great yeah. following, a huge following, a very busy schedule. Um, I should probably have introduced you and tell people that your gift really is in helping women find out what, you know, is holding them back and finding their passion and just leveling up. I mean, that's your podcast, leveling up, mm -hmm. um, you know, to really be their amazing best self, the potential yeah. that we all have inside of us. So thank yeah. you for joining us and sharing Thanks your wisdom. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, it's funny when people say, what do you do uh, to me? Uh, I used to say it depends on the day, but I'm super clear now that what I really do is I, t I help women take years off how they look, think, and feel. And I say look, think, and feel because so many women, especially as they're aging, they get very caught up in how they look or how they think that they look. And what I know to be true is that it always starts with your belief of what's possible for you, what's possible for you first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that is so spot on. Perfect. Well, I'm going to just let you kind of run yeah. with this. Um, you know, the book is called Aging in Reverse. I have the book right here. <clears throat> when you sent me a copy and I started reading it, I was so impressed. Thank I mean, you. everything that you say, you know, as far as nutrition advice and so on, I completely agree with it. I was thrilled that you mentioned how important vegetables, you know, eating a yeah. lot of vegetables, but even fermenting foods. Uh -huh. I was really thrilled to see that because I've been a proponent for them for 30 yeah. years. And, but the other things that you bring in are so important and no one writes, this is not your typical nutrition book in other yeah. words. So can you just kind yeah. of run with, what do you mean even Absolutely. by aging in reverse? What does that yeah. mean? Yeah, that's what, so you know when you're a kid, if everyone, anyone watching this right now, listening, you, when you were a kid, you had this amazing wonder and belief that anything was possible at some point in your childhood. You know, I have a 12-year-old daughter and I'm just watching her now at age 12 where it starts to fade away. But I'm talking when you're really young, like think of like seven, eight, you really believe anything is possible. Um, you want to be a princess when you grow up. You want to be the queen. You want to be whatever. You have no limit limitations on why you can't, why something won't work, why something's not possible. And you also don't really have a sense of time. You're very present. And mm -hmm. if you don't remember that, I'm sure those listening and watching, you have a grandkid or a child or the neighbor's children you can watch and you'll, you'll see this sense of presence and contentment and confidence. It's a really strong confidence. And then life what sort of happens. Can I stop? Because I know people are listening to what yeah. you're saying right now and they're saying, well, that wasn't me. I grew up in a family yeah. where nobody encouraged me. No, I, I wasn't yes. believing in myself. 
Totally. Uh, can you just speak yeah, to that? Yeah. So then I would say before that, there was a time, maybe it was as a baby, maybe it was mm-hmm. a toddler. There was a time before things started happening and you started forming stories around it. There was a time, a moment mm-hmm. that you were. If you mm-hmm. can't recall it for yourself, look at another child in your life and observe what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But what, what sort of happens is we are born with really basic needs. We want to be loved. Uh, we want to feel safe, basic needs. And then things happen to us and we create stories around what happens to us. And we form a belief system based on our experiences. So Donna, your model of the world versus my model of the world versus my husband. We've all had different experiences happen to us. So we have different views of what would work or not work for us based on those, those stories. So when I say aging in reverse, yes, I have a part of that that's very physical in how we look and feel, but there's a greater part in how we think. Because when I can get adults to bring back on that childlike wonder of possibility, that things will work out, that they could be present and they can get confidence back up, that's when you truly start aging in reverse and things start thriving and working in all areas of your life, including the way your body is functioning, looking and feeling. Well, how do you do that? Because that sounds wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We all need that. Yeah. So there's a method. There's an actual method. And I go through this a lot in my book uh, and in my programs, but I'm going to give you sort of the the big picture of the method. And these are things that anyone listening could take away and and sort of start. Um, The number one is it's literally a decision. It's making a decision that what you want is possible. You see, a lot of times people will reach out and say, Natalie, I want to lose weight and nothing's worked for me before. Nothing works for me. Like, what do you have? Or they'll say, I've tried everything and, you know, it's just such a scam out there. (laughs) Or Mm -hmm. I don't want to go on no carbs. Or they have these extreme stories of what is going to work or not going to work. And that to me is not a decision. That's a trial. A decision is I am ready to release this weight, or I am ready to to get rid of the pain. I am ready to step into a bigger vision for me. I am ready to look, think, and and feel young again. So it starts with a decision. It's not a a trial or a question or what do you have for me. It's a decision that this is my year that I'm going to master this. So it's not about I'm going to be thinner or younger. It's not the be. It's I'm going to think that I'm thinner and you're, so it starts with the thinking or so, no, the B is too. It's, it's more, it's not the doing, it's not the, I just need to follow a meal plan uh, again. And let's see, cause nothing works for me. That's mm-hmm. not a decision. So when, when people say I want to lose um, weight, but nothing's worked for me, but, but give me your meal plan. I'll try it. <laughs> like that's not mm-hmm. a decision. Mm-hmm. A decision is I'm releasing the weight this year. This is an example. I'm releasing the weight this year. I'm going to do whatever it takes. It's happening. And Mm -hmm. everything around me is going to support me for that. So my decisions, it's going to support me in that. That's a decision. And that's step one. And that's the very first step. And I think so many times people skip that step. They just go from diet to diet or book to book or coach to they, they hop around trying things without firmly deciding that first they are open to this is going to work. This is a decision. I'm mm-hmm. going to get to change things for me. That's step mm-hmm. number one. You know, I can give you a personal example of that. Um, my, I was young, like probably seven years old, around that, maybe five, some, some were young. Mm-hmm. And 
we were, I was in my grandmother's house in a family reunion and they, one of my aunt, great aunts rolled in my great grandmother and she was in a, a wheelchair and she had spots, age spots all over her, very, very thin <clears throat> white hair. You could see her scalp. Yeah. And very swollen legs. Obviously she couldn't walk and uh, everybody loved her, but she was, and she probably wasn't that old because people had their babies early, like 16, 17. So, um, you know, she's like three generations. She, she probably was barely reaching 70, yeah. but she looked by today's standard 90, let's say. Okay. But I remember looking at her and thinking, oh, I just lost my father. He just died. Uh, it was a big, horrible thing in, our, in my life. And so I was dealing with death, thinking about death. And, uh, and so I was thinking, so there's my great-grandmother, and she looks like that. And that's her story. I mean, that's the end of her life. It's going to be like that. So if we live a long time, then we have to be like that. You know, and I was, mm. you know, in God in those days. And uh, I mean, I still believe in some higher power, but I was raised a little Catholic. And I'm thinking, why would God do that to us? Why would we have to be young and healthy and vital and all, and then go out in life mm. uh, like that? And I made a decision right that minute Yeah, that if there was another way out of this life without going through that, I was yeah. going to find it. And it was a definite decision that totally. my whole life I've drawn to me answers. Um, so that we age better. Now I'm 73 and I have much more vitality yeah. than other people my age. And so I, I, I feel sorry that people uh, are, you know, in the 70s have a new hip. They have, they're walking, they're in a wheelchair already. Um, it's not necessary, but um, yeah. I really, I think you've absolutely hit the mark, yeah. uh, right? I mean, exactly on the mark that it is the belief. If we don't yeah. feel like we're aging, even are you not paying attention to it? It's just you're living your life and your birthdays come and go. And I think you've got a really critical thing going here. So, so. what's interesting is so you're 73 and you look phenomenal for 73. I would have never guessed that. I'm 48. Oh, thank you. And people all the time will say to me, oh, I didn't, I can't believe you're 48. And what I want to share about that is to me, and you probably think the same thing. I think, well, what's 48 supposed to look like? Like to me, mm -hmm, this is, mm -hmm. this is good. And you probably think that about 73, like this is what it's supposed to look like. So that's I an know, example. When I went to my 50th year reunion, I hadn't seen people in many years. I skipped a few reunions. I went back. I couldn't recognize most people. Um, until they said their name and then I could see it and tell that it was them. But uh, I was shocked because yeah. I think they should have all been like yeah. vital and young and pretty much like I remember them before. And of course I don't look anything like I looked in high school. You yeah. definitely change you know, things happen. You know, actually nature doesn't really want us to stay here yeah. uh, because we're supposed to leave the planet at some point so that the new generations can come in. So you're always working against this powerful force and, each decade, 70, 80, 90, more of that force is driving us out of here. Makes sense. Again, thus do more DNA damage as we age. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. It would be so interesting. And then also there are things on their way uh, right now, uh, like scientists all over the world are really digging down and really getting close to, I mean, they have already an excellent understanding of why we age and how to reverse it. Yeah. So I want to be careful with one, one thing that differentiates when I say aging in reverse. So many mm -hmm. times people will assume when I say aging in reverse, I just mean like physical outside appearance. Mm -hmm. And yes, that is great. But we all know like chronic 
psychologically, we can't actually become younger. I'm not going to be 20 again, for instance. I'm going to age with numbers. But mm-hmm. when I talk about aging in reverse, it's, it's a way of living that brings back that childlike wonder uh, and childlike mm-hmm. state so that you can thrive in all areas. No matter what you believe as far as you want plastic surgery or you don't want plastic surgery or you want to change your body or not, that's another part of it. That's not where I focus for people because when I can shift their mindset and uh, the first three pieces of my method with this, then everything appears different to the person. So for instance, I've, like I've got a client uh, that mentioned recently, she can't stand in the mirror when she looks at her arms. She said, I, I, all I see is fat arms and I hate my arms and I just see that. And I know that that's a long path to get her to love her arms if we just focus on what she's eating and how she's working out because she will never fully see that vision of what she wants herself on those arms. But if I could shift her and she can decide that she's got very toned and strong arms, that she's great, has gratitude for her arms, what they do for her, how they can lift things for her, all those things. And I can get her in that state of belief and that it's happening. She starts changing her actions because of it. And now the diet and the workouts become supportive of that belief. And that's what changes her. So you started off as a fitness coach and obviously believe in, for example, lifting weights, keep your muscles, your arms toned and all. But so you, so are you saying that she will reach that point of really nicely toned arms and her, and she'll like her arms better, but the, the place to start is in her beliefs basically. Yes. And and so I started in nutrition and fitness and Mm -hmm. what I saw was that gap. I saw when people had success that was long-term, not a temporary success, long-term, what always changed them was this method. They had a decision around it. Uh, and we didn't even mention false assumed truths and vision, which I'll, I'll speak into in a minute. But those three things, when they were in place, that's what made the difference for people getting res- radical results and keeping those radical results. And there's something I want to mention. You, you might have heard of the be, do, have uh, model. A lot of people think, when I have this, I will be that. Like they'll say, mm-hmm. when I'm thin and toned, I will be happy. Or when I'm fit, I'll feel great having longer workouts. Or when this happens, I'll go for that starting my own business. What I encourage people to do is when we get clear on our decision and our vision and what's holding us back, those false assumed truths, now we want to start acting as the person that already has those things. So it's a backwards way of doing it, but it's the right way to do it. You start acting as that person that already has those things. And now those results start happening because you're taking the actions of the person that's successful there. Gosh, that's brilliant. I see why you have an enormous following because, well, first of all, people need to hear the message, but secondly, you just deliver it in such a way that makes it doable. Thank you. So that method, Donna, we talked on decision because I think it's the most important part. And I I find it's one of the most challenging things to get clients to see, like, because they want to tell me the reasons why it doesn't work. And and I'm saying, let's just get to a decision. Like, is this, do you want this or not? Is it happening? And then once we know what's happening, I'll take them through a visualization. Like, I want to know what does that look like? What does it feel Mm -hmm. like? What does it smell like? When you are that person that you're envisioning, what does all that mean? Because so many times we skip that part. We just say, I just want to be happier or I just want to be better, but I want to get into the vision of it. And the example I'll give you for that is if you and I were to both get in a car right now and I said, okay, let's just go drive. And we're in two separate cars. 
we're going to end up in all different places. I mean, it depends on how much gas you have in your car, how much time you have. Do you feel like driving? Where do you want to go? There's so many variables. Who knows where we're going to end up? However, if I say, Donna, let's go to New York City, and we're completely excited about our trip to New York City. We're clear we're going to be in New York City by Friday night, and we're excited to do that. You and I will take different methods and amounts of time to get there. I might fly, you might drive, but we're going to end up in New York City because we're super clear on our vision. But mm -hmm. we don't do that with our goals, with our health, which is amazing to me. We just say, I want to be out of pain or I want to feel better, but I want to know what does that look like? What does it feel like? What are you doing when you're there? How are you living? How are you showing up? If we get clear on that vision, then the method of how we get there gets a lot easier because we're super mm -hmm. clear on it. And then the third part of that first step in the method is what I call false assumed truths. You know, I always said I kill fat for a living, which used to mean physically the fat on our bodies, which I can still help with. But what I, that means now is false assumed truths. It's those beliefs that you've had that are holding you back from results. It's that voice in your head that repeats on a loop 60,000 times a day. I want to address that because we rewire and change that. We're opening up to all new possibilities. Great. Well, <clears throat> can we use an example? I think a lot yeah. of women can uh, identify with. I think one of the first things that starts happening is uh, signs of aging is our neck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've even heard women that are like 30 <laughs> say, yeah. oh, I hate my neck. I've got lines in yeah. my neck. You know, so yeah. as you get older, some people's neck could yeah. really start to look bad and some people do pretty well. I noticed that. Totally. I think it has a lot. Hormones are definitely involved for sure. I'm yeah. into that. But I noticed that um, African Americans and Africans, they um, have more testosterone in their body and they're, they often have much better looking necks, is what I've noticed. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, no, that's, that's well, a great let's example. take the neck thing because it's a yeah. really good example. Yeah. And, so and I love it. Can we run through the scenario? Yeah. So, so it's I hate my neck. All I see is my neck falling down. Okay. And I get it. Like, so, so you have choices now. Do you want to, the decision, you have to make a decision first. Is your decision that you want to be comfortable with your neck? Because that's a totally welcome, amazing decision. And I also will share that most people aren't even noticing your neck. It's, it's your own thing. That you're, it's subjective. Some people don't even notice it. So the question is first, do you want to stop noticing it and be happy with it? That's choice one. Choice number two, do you want to fix it? Because that's another choice. You can go have plastic surgery and fix it. Choice number three, do you want to just learn how to dress so you're covering up your neck? <laughs> There's mm -hmm. lots of choices there. But the first question is, what's your decision? Like, what is it that you want to happen first? Then we can make that happen. Now, I've worked with clients on many different types of people, and people want different answers. Whether you want the plastic surgery to fix it or learn to dress to cover it up or you want to learn to live with it, those are three options, but you have to have that decision first, not just, I hate my neck every day. So that's okay, perfect. Yeah, decision. And then what's your vision when that's, when you get to that, what does that feel like, look like, how, what is that? Let's get clear on that. And then what's the false assumed truth holding you back? Let's say you want plastic surgery. You're like, I want that. Well, your false assumed truth might be, you know, I don't have the money for it or uh, people will judge me or uh, it doesn't work. It'll make me look pooled and worse. You know, those are false assumed truths. Or it puts that. a lot of toxins in your body and you don't want that kind of yes. toxins, you know, you get that whole process. Maybe yeah. it's not successful because the doctor's not good. It's hard to yeah. find doctors. Like there's a lot of yeah. things that and, get people through. And the reason minds. I say it's a false assumed truth is it doesn't that's not factual. It's it's possible. 
it's maybe that's true, but it's not fact that a hundred percent of the people that have a neck lift aren't having a bad result, you know? So that's where I say it's not factual. Mm -hmm. So that may not be the answer for everyone. Maybe you don't want plastic surgery. That's fine. There's other options, but what is your decision first? Mm -hmm. What's your vision? What does that look and feel like? And then what are your false assumed truths around that? Those three things have to be dialed in first. Otherwise you're not going to be happy with what you choose. So in the example of the neck, if you don't do that work and you go have plastic surgery and now you're not happy still, well, we never address those other three things. So you have to address that first. I'll give you a, per a perfect example. I had a woman come into one of my programs and she said, I want to lose 30 pounds um, because I had a hysterectomy. She's telling me this. I had a hysterectomy. My doctor said, I'm going to gain 30 pounds and I did gain 30 pounds and now I'm miserable. What do I do? Is this even possible for me? So she was coming into me without a decision. It was still, she's still in this story. So I said, do you want to lose it? She said, I absolutely. And I said, have you decided? I got her to decide. Then we had to walk through what is her vision? What does that look and feel like? She went into that. And then what's holding you back? Well, I have a belief because my doctor told me that mm -hmm. I was going to gain 30 pounds. So we had to address that first. Once she realized that was a limiting belief, a false assumed truth, she was able to shut that off and lose not just the 30 pounds, but more. And because when you buy into that false assumed truth, you stay stuck in that loop. Wow. This is so doable. It's great. Yeah. Just learning this technique is fantastic. Yeah. So um, after that, Donna, and I don't have to go through all of them as I can go in as deep or not as deep as you want me to, but no, please keep going. Okay. So after that it's habits because we're the result of our habits always. So mm. you, those three things come before the habits, but then we do have to get in habits because now, once you have the, that base in place, now we're ready for the habits. And your habits could be a lot of different things. Uh, if you're with me, I've got a very specific formula. Um, but your habits could be as simple as, you know, what you're eating each day, what time you're getting up. Um, if you're, whatever it is that your goal is, what are the habits you're doing? Because that's what creates your results. It's those habits. So in the case of what I would teach there is that's when we would start looking at your meals, your workouts, your water, all of those things, because those mm -hmm. now become your habits. Well, can we go a little bit into some yeah. of the uh, advice Absolutely. that you give in the book? For example, yeah. I was really intrigued by the chapter on hydrate your plate. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so most of us are walking around chronically dehydrated and we don't even know it. It shows up in the form of I'm tired. I'm foggy headed. Um, I can't concentrate. Um, I'm hungry. I've got cravings. A lot of things that we are complaining about in our day is a result of being lack of hydration. Even being bloated can be as simple as not drinking enough water. You see, when we don't drink enough water, our body holds on to and retains more water. So it's counterproductive there. So by adding more water into our diet, there's so many benefits for focus, for energy, for sleep, for, um, for, your appetite for hunger control, for fat loss, for skin, for, I mean, it goes on and on. So it's not just about drinking more water. It's about upping the volume of your meals, adding in more fruits and vegetables, soups. I'm a huge fan of bone broth soup, uh, but adding in things that are nourishing, but also are hydrating you. It helps everything move along faster. It helps you heal. It, there's so much goodness in water and it's something that we're not doing enough of. And it's, so simple. And Don, I love sharing things that we add like water because so much in the diet industry is about lack, like what you can't have. And I like to focus on how can we add in more of the good things, which makes less room for the bad. 
Well, you said a couple of things. Let me think for a minute. So getting back to dehydration, two important things I think people don't realize is that if you don't have enough water, you're going to have a react. You're, you know, right now a big issue for people is histamine intolerance. Yeah. And when your water, when you're dehydrated, you will have histamine intolerance. So mm. I think, remember the your body's mini crisis for water. That was one of the main points that Dr. Mm. B, I won't say his last name, um, you know, made is that histamine yeah. went up. And the other thing is histamine, when your histamine's high, you aren't going to sleep. So there's a connection with that too. Uh, so you're right on right there. So I'm glad yeah. you said that. I hope people, I just so wanted simple. to point that out. So because you said it quickly, I wanted people to see it. Yeah. yeah. It's so and simple. That. And most people are not drinking enough water. They think they are, they're not. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like, but, but I think the also extremely important thing is they don't realize that fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. are hydrating, that it, yes. you don't just have water. And um, they're very important. And then what you said, um, like traditionally around the world, you see that people will usually have like, like the Japanese will have a little bowl of miso soup with every meal. Then mm-hmm. they'll have green tea at every meal. Because yes. hot, warm soups and teas and so on uh, with a meal are definitely helping. Yes. And hydration too. So, you know, it's not a new concept. They yeah. knew this for thousands of years, really. And then with nutrition, which is also a huge component of habits, what I want to share is this, and I I teach a very um, specific method of eating, um, which is really easy for anyone to follow. It's based on eating unprocessed natural real foods. I don't know of any nutritionist doctor that would have a problem with what I've would I share because it really is based on natural real foods. Mm -hmm. But what I what I really want to people to understand is that when you eat in a way that's healing and anti-inflammatory for your body, like that helps you thrive. You get your body to a state of being super clean and natural. So now you get really clear, you know, when something you're eating is affecting it negatively. And Mm -hmm. the example I like to give for that is if you walk by a body of water and it's super dirty, like a picture of muddy, trashy water, it's really mucky. And you throw another piece of trash in, you won't even notice uh, that you've thrown more trash in it. However, if you walk by a really beautiful, clear body of water, it's perfect, it's pristine, and we throw one piece of trash in, we can notice it right away. I want your bodies working like that. I want you to know and be able to connect the dots that I ate pizza and I don't feel good now, and now it's why. Because when you know that, you have power and you have control. So, so many times I'll hear, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy or I've started eating healthy, but now this is affecting me. Well, that's a good thing. We want that because this is what gives you that power to know. I mean, how powerful is that to know that I can feel amazing and I can make a choice to have the cake or pizza, but this is what it's going to feel like when I do it. So now you, you have control around this. Well, also another thing I've noticed too is that most of the people in America, unfortunately, after all of us have worked for years to try to get people to wake up, mm-hmm. you go to the grocery store, a normal grocery store, not Whole Foods, or, or even in Whole Foods, people are buying, there's a lot of junk stuff in whole, even in health food stores. So, But especially in your grocery stores, people are checking out with baskets full of horrible stuff. Yeah. And if your body's eating that all the time, it doesn't know the difference. But when you yeah. give up, let's say all the flour products, you're not yes. going to have any food, which means you're not going to also have gluten, for example. Then, and then you wait 10 days, two weeks or something, and then you go ahead and add in a piece mm-hmm. of toast or whatever. That's when you notice it. Because yes. I think the body just is so trying to stay alive that it adapts to this awful 
diet that we've had. Totally. So many complaints around aging, um, a lot of pain, uh, swelling, inflammation, baggy eyes, like a lot of cosmetic and how you feel so much can be changed by changing things in your diet. And the big things that I do have people eliminate, at least for the 10 days, uh, is, uh, gluten and wheat, uh, grains, actually all grains, um, dairy. Mm -hmm. Um, I have them take out sugar, like refined sugar and, um, I've dabbled with people taking out coffee sometimes. <laughs> so, because that tends to be a crutch that dehydrates people and also wreaks some havoc on hormones too. Ooh, let me add something here too, because yeah. this is gene stuff. So I was introduced to coffee as a young kid and it, I was weird all day long and it never, never, I never, I didn't like the smell of it. I never grew up yeah. eating and drink, take, drinking it. But, you know, like you said, you read about the benefits it's called all these polyphenols is good for the bacteria in the gut. And you read all this, do you think, gee, maybe I should be drinking some coffee every day? Well, um, the genes help you know because there's a gene called CYP1A2. That's the liver gene. And uh, so that means the coffee's going through your liver and your liver's processing it basically. But if you have a variant in that CYP1A2, mm-hmm. you are it takes you a long time to clear that caffeine. Same with chocolate. Yeah. Uh, or one of these, you know, drinks that people take to stay stimulated yeah. all day long. If you drink two or three or four, and then it's close to bedtime, you still have so much caffeine. Yeah. Or let's say you go out to dinner and you have a piece of chocolate cake and a little cup of cappuccino. You, with people with them, the variants, one or two variants of the CYP1A2, they're going to be wired like at three or four or five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, they could write a book or something that was so much energy left. So that the genes can give you a little bit of a clue there. But even with that, you could still have like one cup in the morning mm-hmm. uh, if you want. And then also make sure it's early so it's cleared. Yes. So yeah. I that was a, and I have two variant, two copies. Yeah. Of, so I, would, I would imagine I probably do too because I'm super affected by it. You know, I didn't drink coffee my whole life. Um, and I started drinking it a few years ago, like when the whole bulletproof trend and I thought, Oh, I'm going to try it. And, um, I just never felt right on it. So it it switched to like a treat once in a while, but I, I've Uh realized I thrive a lot better without the coffee. I'm not against caffeine as much, but coffee. uh, Yeah. Yeah. For me. So bulletproof coffee, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, it, was such a trend. And again, the genes swear another reason for it's good to know your genes. You don't have to know your genes, but there's a lot of amazing information hidden in your DNA. And here's a perfect example. Um, so people will drink the bulletproof coffee. They put in the MCT and the butter and all that. And they think, Oh my gosh, I love this. It sustains my energy all day long. I don't have any appetite. Um, it's great for me. And then you look at their genes and they have a, uh, a gene uh, that, puts them at risk for Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. cardiovascular disease called APOE4, that particular variant. Um, for that person, they have to be on a diet uh, where they don't have saturated fat. You know, yeah. they need to have um, like fish oil and uh, avocado and olive oil and so on. Those are the safer oils, but not saturated fat, not butter for example, or a lot of animal, uh, you know, animal fat too. So again, I was with a friend in my kitchen. She was like raving over the coffee. And I right that second looking at her jeans and I thought, oh my God, she's drinking this coffee every morning. She is at risk for the, uh, she had one copy of the APOE4. So I, I, again, it's another piece that's 
Not really new. Like uh, nutritional yeah. genomics is a 30-year-old field, and it's finally starting to come into the forefront, and it's going to help, you know, complement uh, or help us take nutrition to a whole new level. But yeah. everything you said is still so foundational, so basic that we add in the piece that you're talking about. So what I will share too, and I, and I do like Dave Asprey and I love what he's created. And I don't, yeah, think, I, do. I, love Dave. I don't think bulletproof is bad for the masses. Um, but I will share this. I take a different approach with nutrition and I take, I look at food as healing. Uh, everything we're eating should be helping us to thrive. Right. Mm. And to me, I don't see the health benefit in having the coffee and the butter. Like what is that adding to us? MCT oil. Sure. I get, there's some health benefit there. But to me, I would rather people have a nourishing breakfast where you're getting lots of antioxidants because antioxidants combat oxidative stress. And when we go on these keto diets or these extreme ways of fasting, we're not getting enough of that in. So I want heavy levels, heavy amounts of phytonutrients. I want antioxidants. So to me, I would rather wake up and have a healthy smoothie and get some great vegetables and fruits in and some healthy fat. Fiber, fiber, fiber for your microbes. Yeah, and get that, yeah. all of that in. That's going to help. That, that helps me thrive for the day versus just giving myself some fake focus with the caffeine and the, that's where I stand on it. So it's not that it's bad. I just look at everything as, is this actually helping me with my vision and where I want to go? And the, the smoothie choice or a nourishing breakfast is going to be more powerful for many people than, than a coffee like that. That's perfect. Uh, and also everything you're talking about, that is also how you do DNA repair. Mm. And, and that is, uh, reversing aging because we can, as we repair our damage, our DNA damage, we will age much more slowly yes. and can even age backwards. Although people think, oh, that's not possible. It is if you can repair your DNA. Yeah. So what you said was perfect. I agree yeah. with you 100%. Do you have a favorite recipe for smoothies in the morning that you like Gosh, to? There's not. I vary up my breakfast because I'm always trying to get a new nutrients, but the simplest thing to do would be, I always have frozen organic fruit in my freezer, just as a mm -hmm. great backup. So a handful, I'll mix maybe patea, even a small amount of patea, which is dragon fruit, which gives it a great taste. And then a lot of berries because berries are super like low glycemic and really high in antioxidants. So I'll, a handful of berries, I'll mix up my greens. Um, Sometimes spinach, sometimes kale, some whatever greens I can think. I don't do spinach every day because the histamines. Um, and for me, I am sensitive to that. Um, it's high I'll, in oxalates too. I always tell people to stay away for spinach because yeah, yeah. it's the highest of all. Yeah, so that's a rare thing that I'll have use spinach. I'll put a couple carrots. Uh, then I'll do a scoop of some type of nut butter. I'll vary it up. Maybe it's almond butter. Maybe it's sun butter. Some type of um, that. I'll add a scoop of collagen protein, a huge fan of that, uh, lots of water. And that's, it's really simple that, I mean, maybe even add my probiotics in there, mm -hmm. uh, but it's simple. I'm, I'm looking for how many fruits and vegetables can I get in? Can I add some collagen? Cause I'm a huge fan of collagen. I know you are too. Um, and then I want a healthy fat and hydration and I feel amazing after that. Well, um, you know what I'm a huge fan of, and I was listening to your podcast, uh, scrolling down, looking at all the options. And I, so I had a pod podcast on sun butter and I was so excited because I love yeah, sun butter. It is my yeah. favorite. Um, uh, almonds, cashews, which are so popular now, they're yeah. super high in oxalates yes. too. But sun butter, especially from the sun butter company, Amazing. they, um, that's the place, that's the butter you go to. Yes. Or seed butter in this case. And children with autism have um, a real, real big issue with oxalates. And that's their go-to mm -hmm. 
replacement for peanut butter. So I was so excited you did that interview. Yeah. We we think alike. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. It's almost addictive. Yes, it is Uh, really good. And I, I have a thing where I'll take raw cacao. And mix it with some, a little bit of uh, coconut oil, if you can do coconut oil. And then I'll add, or you could just melt like the Hue brand chocolate, uh, any type of chocolate that you would do, but the dark. And then I'll add some mm-hmm. sun butter on it and I'll freeze it. So it's like a, it's like, it tastes like a peanut butter cup, but it helps. Oh yeah, definitely. Cup. Yeah. You know, um, for people that are going to get eat chocolate, I like the Lily's very, very, very dark mm-hmm. chocolate because they're using, um, they don't, they don't have any sugar in their bar. And that really makes a difference when you have yeah. the chocolate without the sugar in it. So yes. I, I, promote, I, I would suggest yeah. you try the Lily's bars. Yeah, that's um, great. Well, gosh, I, I, I could talk to you forever. I guess we have to come to an end here. But are there any last minute thoughts? Like, can you tell people uh, how to go to the podcast? To yeah, learn from absolutely. You? Because they're very inspiring. Yeah, thank you. So uh, you can find me at nataliejill.com, links to everything. Uh, I have a community called Aging in Reverse. Uh, It's agingandreverse.me. You can buy the book. Yep, buy the book. And in the community, we conquer, uh, we have a theme every month. So like uh, some months, we next month, for instance, is on hormones. The one after that is on sleep. And that I facilitate, but I also bring in experts to share and teach their knowledge. And it's just a great community for that where we support all things aging. Um, and then, yes, I do uh, have a podcast called Leveling Up, Creating Everything from Nothing. I will share my podcast is in self-help. It's very much this mindset shift. And we we talk about things, not just health and fitness. We talk about business. We talk about uh, how people overcame massive setbacks. And mm-hmm. I think it really all ties together, though, because as I've shared, the underlying thing with everyone is that decision, the vision, and the false assumed truths. And you'll notice on my podcast with 180 interviews there, every success story went through those things. So it really does align well. And then I'm on social media at Natalie Jill Fit everywhere. Great. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you. Just your work is great. Keep it up. I know you will. You're at a great age. You know, here's the other thing I want to say that um, usually, I mean, I've, I've known, I've been around for a long time, more than 30 years doing this work. And it's so amazing to me that people in their 40s are real into aging right now, and that is the time to start doing everything you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Then, then let's just see how, how we're going to age. You know, yeah. so it's going to be like we have so much more potential than we even realize. Oh yeah, when you start young, like at your age, it's the sky's the limit. You know, it's so funny, Don. I always tell everyone, you're not too old and it's not too late. I didn't even, just like you, you said you got into this 30 years ago. I really started dialing in and focusing on health, nutrition, and fitness uh, in my late 30s, early 40s. And what I saw as I was aging well, according to people, people Mm -hmm. were always so shocked by my age. And I thought, but this is normal. This is how we should age. Why is no one talking about this? And that's why I shifted from not just focusing on workouts and nutrition, but really focusing on aging and the mindset around it, because I think it's very, very important. And there's not a lot of people talking about it. Very important. So thank you so much for your work. So Natalie, Jill, keep it up. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having me.